Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. When we read scripture, there is a clear difference between when man is speaking and when God is speaking. Hebrews 4.12 describes the Word of God as living and active. And while good sermon messages from powerful preachers can be helpful and encouraging, it is only God's words that have the ability to change us in a way that far surpasses the thoughts of man. In this week's episode, Pastor Francis Chan shows us how abiding in his word has the power to change how we see the world and our role within it. So we pray that you find this episode encouraging and that it brings you to a better understanding of scripture and closer in your walk with the Lord. Okay, well, I'm real excited about uh, the word that I believe the Lord has given me for this morning for all of us. Um, So there's this old preacher. I don't even know if he's still alive. I'm terrible with history. I don't know which guys are dead and which ones are alive. You guys would know. Smith Wigglesworth. He's long dead, right? But how long ago? In the 40s? He died in the 40s? Okay, okay. It doesn't matter. He's, He's pretty dead. Um, but well-known, we don't know, I don't know him that well, but, uh, he, uh, he, one of the things he's, he's that he's known for is that he would not read any book, but the Bible, because he said, why would I read any other book? This is the only book whose words are alive. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and active. So so these words, like right now I'm talking, and it's fine, and it might help you a little bit, but my words are not living and active. And that's why this guy said, this is the only book I'll read, because why would I read anything else if there's only one book on earth whose words are living and active? sharper than a two-edged sword, and it's able to, to pierce through into you. So years ago, I, I, I remember getting this picture about the Word of God, and it was like, a, for those of you who have been overseas, maybe in Africa or India, I remember one time in India looking out my hotel room, and I saw people washing their clothes in like puddles on the ground you know, in the dirt, because it, it had rained, and so there were puddles, and so people would take their laundry out and wash their clothes in this brown water. And I would look, I go, gosh, is that really helping? You know, because that water is so dirty, your clothes must have been super dirty if you're going to use that water, and that's actually going to help them. And it was like this revelation to me that my sermons are like that water where it's, if, if, if it was touched by me, it's going to have some dirt on it. And so will my sermons help you? Yes, but they're coming through a human element and in, in a way that it's going to be some sort of dirtiness from Francis washing you in comparison to the pure word of God that is just pure, living, active. So you picture that muddy water, and then you picture just pure, like coming off a waterfall, just the purest, 
you know, water. Sometimes we put so much emphasis on a person on earth or a sermon we hear or a counselor that we go to because they have a Ph.D., You guys, and I'm not against counselors or whatever. I'm just saying, don't you ever put the words of someone who got a PhD from other humans to put that on par with the eternal living word of God? Okay, it's muddy water at best. Any sermon I give, but the word of God. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God. That's all I want to talk to you about today. Is the power of the word of God. Some of you, I need to repent a little bit too. As I was studying the word of God these last few weeks. Some of you guys know my journey that I came from a very conservative background. To where I I believed that all the gifts had ceased. Um, so that those of you guys who think you're speaking in tongues, I would say you may be possessed by the demon. You know, this is what I believed in the past. Um, uh, I didn't believe in healing. I didn't believe in uh, prophecy. I didn't, I didn't believe in a lot of those gifts. And uh, I just thought, well, that's for people who don't study the word of God. And they just want to close their eyes and come up with a thought and call it God's word. Um, this is the way I was raised. This is the way I was thought, taught. But the more I studied the Word of God, the more I go, no, I don't see where we get that from the Bible. You got you to work really hard to get that interpretation. If I, you know, what I see, you know, in Joel of that being the last days, as Peter's talking about that, why would that be the last days and this isn't now? You, you know, it's, it's just, it just seems to be a continuation of God's power. And so I began to grow and go, God, I actually expect you to do miracles, I, I, when I study the word of God, I should be seeing these things. I should be seeing more and more of your power. And then as I began to befriend people from other streams of, uh, of the Christian faith, as we partner together, we began to see some of those miracles. And I got so excited about that, which, which is good. And there were prophecies spoken over me that I'm like, how in the world did they know that that is impossible? That couldn't have happened in any other way. And I get, I got so fired up and this is all good. This is not the part I'm repenting of. Okay. Cause this is a good thing. Um, but then here's what started to happen in me. I believe I began to get so excited about these new things that I wasn't as excited about the word of God. And there's something foundational about the word of God that our new revelations, our new experiences, and the power and the feelings of those times can never replace And now that I consider myself, um, I don't don't ever like to label myself, but I guess you could call me a charismatic now Um, because I believe in the gifts. Okay, Uh, but but then I've noticed something about us 
as charismatics, those of us who are, um, sometimes we get excited about new things. And we'll use phrases a lot like, oh, God is doing a new thing. And then next week we'll go, oh, now he's doing a new thing. And we tend to get excited about new things. And what God has been showing me through his word is, that's cool. Um, but I'm actually more excited about the fact that God is doing an old thing. Okay? This is far more, to me, okay, okay, follow me on this. What is far more exciting to me than God doing a new thing is the fact that he is doing an old thing. Like an eternally ancient thing. Okay, because according to the word of God, he chose me before the foundation of the world. Okay, before the foundation of the world. Okay, before that, think about it. Before the foundation of the world, he chose me to be holy and blameless in him. That in love, he predestined me way back in love. He predestined me to be adopted as his son. Are you kidding me? So there's this eternal mind of God. And he had a plan, the Bible says, according to the Bible. See, this is the stuff you get from the Bible. That he had a plan that was for the fullness of time. So he had this plan, this mystery that was hidden for ages in God. So there's this mystery, this eternal mystery that was in him. And it was hidden for ages. And now he's revealing it. Okay? Paul is saying in Ephesians, and this was a couple thousand years ago. He says he just now revealed it. And he didn't reveal it to the sons of men and other generations as he's now revealed it. And, and he's explaining that all of this plan eternally was in the mind of God that we could all be one in Christ. And there was this eternal plan to join things in heaven and things on earth and to put everything under his feet and give Jesus as head over everything to the church. And he has this plan where one day he says, he's doing all of this so that He can show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And as I've been meditating on those words, I've just been getting more and more excited that it's not about God doing a new thing. It's, it's actually the, the, what the thrill is that these were things that he, he, he determined beforehand. So God had these good works. So right now, what I'm saying to you right now, these works that we do, bringing you to the table and sharing the word of God with you, this was a work that he determined beforehand that I would walk in this. So this is in the eternal mind of God. You understand what that does to a person when you recognize that he knew me before he formed me in my mother's womb. 
So before he formed me in his mother's womb, he already predetermined, I'm going to love you. I'm going to, I chose you to be, to be blameless before me. And I have works for you to do, which I determined beforehand that you should walk in them. Whoa, Lord. I'm a part of an eternal plan right now. And now somehow I am a member of God's household. I'm a fellow citizen with all of the saints. So Paul, who wrote Ephesians, he and I are fellow citizens. We're fellow citizens. Mary, who had Christ in her, I'm a fellow citizen with all the saints built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ is the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Do you see that picture? That I get to be a fellow citizen and built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ is the cornerstone, and it's just this one structure. The whole structure is being joined together into one giant holy temple that transcends time. Okay, you're a part of that. I'm a part of it. It's just this, this giant eternal plan that was hidden in God for ages, and now it's revealed to us. He's making a holy temple and he's joining us with all of them. And that was the point of Christ and his death was to make one new man in place of the two. So now we're all one, but not just one with each other, but one with our brothers and sisters all around the world in the persecuted church. One with some of these missionaries that we have studied with Smith Wigglesworth, we're all one. The apostles, the prophets, Jesus, and we're all forming a holy temple in the Lord. See this? This is deep. This is the stuff that's foundational. And I fear that if we don't understand some of these deep truths in the scriptures, we're not going to persevere because visions come and go, dreams come and go, emotions come and go, exciting moments come and go. But the word of God, it lives forever and it's living and active. And so I, as I've been studying the word of God more and more these last few weeks, it has been transforming. God has just opened my eyes. Three weeks ago, I was in Kona uh, at the YWAM base, and I was teaching, and I invited a friend over uh, to teach with me, uh, my friend David Platt, and he gave a message. And when he was done, I said to everyone, that is literally 
the greatest sermon I have ever heard. I've heard a lot of sermons. I've given a lot of sermons. I go, okay, that's better than anything I've ever done. Um, but the reason was because he didn't say very much. All he did was quote scripture. And so all you heard was the quoting of scripture. And, and Weimarmer's going, come on. Oh, yeah, so good. You know, and, uh, you know, but, uh, but as he read the word of God, you know, we, we just got more excited and more excited and more excited. And just hearing the word of God, I was like, this is so deep. This is so huge. And so if there's one thing I would say to those of you that are, that are leaving now and, and God could be sending you anywhere on earth, I would say, please be students of the word of God. This word of God has washed me clean over the last three weeks. As I've gotten deeper and deeper, I feel like I'm in another world right now. I just see things from a different perspective because that's what the word of God does. And, uh, and maybe I was chasing things that were good, um, but it was to the neglect of a deep, deep study and meditation in the word of God of the only book that is alive. And I see it now. And ever since you guys came, I've been praying for your perseverance because I've met too many people that went on mission trips when they were young and got so fired up. But then once they left that circle, they kind of lost it. And it actually got depressing to them. You know, it's like coming back from camp and going back to high school. And everyone looks at you like this freak because you're so in love with Jesus. And then it kind of sucks the life out of you. But a lot of times that's because we don't, we haven't grounded ourselves and anchored ourselves in these eternal truths, foundational truths that we keep going back to where you suddenly go, oh no, wait a second. This was in the mind of the eternal God and this was his plan. And he chose me in him before the foundation of the world. I'm going to be okay. And so I've been praying for this. Um, you know, some of even having you guys out here is, is kind of going, gosh, how do we help them transition? Because too many have fallen away over the years. And it's driving us crazy. And it's breaking our hearts. Um, it's it's kind of like... Um, you know, a lot of guys, when they're in prison, they actually come to fall in love with Jesus and they do real well and they have an intimacy with Christ and a great fellowship. But then they come out of prison and they don't have that fellowship anymore. And it just they don't know how to survive in the outside world. You know, they had their routine, you know, when they were locked up. And they had their fellowship and they figured out how to survive in that system. But then when they come out to the world and they're just, they see all of this temptation and everything else. And they don't have that same routine. They just lose it. 
And so that was part of why we started like a, a halfway house type of discipleship thing in the city years ago was like, gosh, let's, let's help them transition. Um, but I feel the same way about YWAM. Um, some of these young people, you know, you go and you, you know how to survive while you're locked up, you know, with your group of people and in that world. But then when you come out and suddenly you're facing this whole new world by yourself, there can be like this confusion um, without that same fellowship and that same core of relationships. And those, so that's why this foundation of the word of God is so, so important you guys, these truths are so high and so deep. And again, I am not against experience. I'm not against new words from the Lord. I am not against counseling. But I'm just saying, if you don't have these deep, foundational, eternal truths at the core of your being, no amount of counseling is going to help you. You're going to be in counseling for the rest of your life. Talking about the same old thing in circles. Get another PhD. Get someone with three PhDs. It doesn't matter. Their words are not living and active. These are eternal foundational truths. And so even sermons or whatever, man, the level of Bible teaching and sermons today is typically so low that I, I just... It's again, it's dirty water that will wash you if you're really messed up. But it's not like the pure word of God. You guys, I'm looking at these words and I've been studying this book for 40 years. And I'm just going, God, if I've been even seeing this, this is so deep. This is so rich. This is so amazing. It's taking me in this other world. And so often we deal with things at this level without seeing the eternal mind of God and this overarching plan. That was before the foundation of the world. We just want to know, God, where do you want me to go tomorrow? It's like, no, you got to understand this giant plan. And then he may tell you what to do tomorrow, but you see it in the context of this big picture. And that only comes from the word of God. So I would just love for the word of God to just wash us this morning. Like I said, I was very convicted by that message in Kona and my buddy who was just quoting the word of God. And I said, you know what? I need the word of God hidden in my heart. I need to start memorizing the word of God again. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to start with Ephesians. And, uh, and I just started memorizing some verses and just like he was quoting scripture to us that day, and it was washing me. Oh, it was washing me with deep, deep truths. I say, God, could you do that again? Could you do that again? Just show off the power of your word and what it's like to just hear the pure word of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Great.
grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons in Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Do you get that? He lavished it upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth in him. We have obtained an inheritance, have been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we obtain possession of it. To the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of strength, immeasurable greatness of power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who, who fills all in all. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the, 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 the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith. 
<laughs> this, is, this, is not, this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not as a result of work so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who were near. So through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with all the saints, members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you also are being built into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I've written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been made known, as it has now been revealed to his apostles and prophets. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the, the gift of God's grace, which is given me through the working of his power. To me, even though I'm the least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is according to his eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. 
For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family on heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, so that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's the word of God. Can you taste the depth of those words? You guys, for those of you who are a part of We Are Church, we are going to implement Bible memorization this next year into our Bible reading. Because, you guys, I'm telling you, when you meditate on each phrase of the word of God. You just all day are going, I can't believe it. What? Yeah, like this is it. This is impossible. You can't be this good. You're telling me I'm, I'm so sorry. I just keep thinking about my little world and what you should do for me and what you didn't do for me and how this hurt me. I, I missed out on this whole plan and the confidence that I can have of, I'm not just a thought he came up with 54 years ago. Francis Chan, like, existed in the mind of God long before that. And he has a plan, you know, especially with the uncertainty of our times and and certainly a, a guy my age, you just go, God, it doesn't matter. You've got a future for me that was determined before the foundation of the world. I mean, as I've meditated on this, it has washed me and washed me and washed me. And I just feel so close to him. And I even was uh, telling a couple of leaders, I go, you know, I need to restructure my life because I need to do more of this. And I've got so much going on in my life that I don't think God wants me First of all, I don't want to end my life with a shallow relationship with God, a shallow understanding of the inheritance I have. God, I want to get deep with you. I want to live like the way Paul prays for people was not the way I prayed for people. The way Paul thought in that spiritual realm was not the way my thinking was. And I think a lot of it was in the church. We saw that people weren't interested in this and so we lure them in by earthly things. But then if we, you know, we thought, okay, we'll start them there and then we'll move them into these, these heavenly realms. 
But what happens is we start going up a little, people, and people aren't interested in that, and we don't want to lose them, so we'll just stay down here so we don't lose anybody. But meanwhile, it's like, then we never end up living the way God wants us to with our head in the clouds, kind of. And then suddenly we say stupid things like, oh, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. You guys know that's not in scripture, right? It, it's like, name someone you know who's like that. Man, and I realize the more heavenly minded I am, that'll be my greatest gift on this earth. If, if I can live at that level, which we're all capable of. The Apostle Paul is just a fellow member of the body of Christ. Don't look at him. Yes, God gave him. You know how he says in chapter 3, verse 4, he says, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. And I'm reading going, yeah, I can. You're like at another level. And God's saying, but that's available to all of us. This is where we all ought to be. And, uh, and that comes through the word of God. And so that is my prayer for all of us um, going into this next year, that we are people of the word, rooted and grounded in love and rooted and grounded in his eternal word and that we get more excited about God is doing an old thing than that he is doing a new thing. He is doing an, an eternally ancient thing and we are all a part of it. And one day we're going to see the completion of this holy temple as we're all a part of it. And God is going to dwell amongst us. It's an amazing plan. And so keep seeking the gifts of the Spirit. Keep seeking the word of the Lord as he speaks to you and the power of the Spirit. But don't you dare neglect the word of God because this is, <laughs> this is so powerful. It is living and it is active. I, uh, I've asked um, one of our elders, Kevin Shedden, I, I wanted him to pray this morning specifically for the YWAM crew that's going to be leaving us, which is like half of us. And so if you guys would stand, I would just like Kevin to just bless you, pray for you. And we, as the body of Christ that are still here, would you just stretch your hands towards them just as a sign of just we are with you? Um, because you guys have your whole life ahead of you, and it's a long life. And some of us know how long this life is and the things that you're going to have to persevere. And so we are in support of you, and we are praying for you and believe that in this moment, God ordained this that he would hear these prayers of this. This is your church family. This is your body. We've grown to love you in this short span of time. And this is our prayer for you. Yeah, this I feel like this is such a big moment. And um, like Francis was saying, we've had a, a really sweet season. Some of us have been able to walk really closely with you guys. And you've become family to us. And uh, I had this picture, as you know, Francis asked me to pray for you guys that, you know, for those that don't know, these men and women are going to go back to Kona, and they're going to be training, I, I don't know, a couple hundred, 200 youth to go out into the nations. And I just have this picture of, like, like this army, 
You know, this army that is going out into the dark places. And so this is serious as we pray for them. And in the spirit of what, you know, Francis just did, uh, I'm not going to quote scripture like he did, but I'm going to read, you know, in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 6, Paul talks about this like war type armor and weapons. And I just want to read that over you guys as you get ready to go out. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate, the breastplate of, of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in my opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambas ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Father, we pray your strength for these men and women, that they would be fully dependent on you, God, we pray that you would do powerful things through them. Signs and wonders would follow them as they go into the nations, Lord. That they would be marked by your power, Lord. That they would see that they don't wrestle against flesh and blood. God, but you are sending them out into the cosmic battle that rages, Lord. And I pray that you would open their eyes to the spiritual realm. Lord, I pray that they would use the weapons that you give them, especially the word of God that Francis just pointed, God, that they would use the sword, God, that they would extinguish the darts of the enemy with the shield of faith, God, that you would just do things through these young men and women, Lord, that give your name glory, Jesus. They want to exalt your name, Jesus. Your name be lifted up. Your name, God, and we pray protection, God. We pray that you would protect their zeal, their passion for your name, God, that you would lead them to communities, Lord, that fan this excitement. Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for them. We thank you for bringing them here. Lord, we thank you that they've stirred us up. Lord, and that as they go to these other places, Lord, that you would use them to stir, stir up the body of Christ. You love these men and women, God. May they rest in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord's Prayer. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next time with a new episode. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org. Thanks.